catching you up on the latest stories from around the Sunshine State that you should know heading into this Wednesday morning, April 5th. I'm Julia Cooper, and this is The Point from WUFT News. A bill nearing passage in the Florida House will create the Historic Cemeteries Program to restore abandoned African-American cemeteries. Meanwhile, in Groveland, the fire chief is spearheading an effort to realize that vision at the local level. WMFE's Joe Burns brings us the story. Fire Chief Kevin Carroll is standing with 77-year-old Groveland native Sam Griffin on a sandy acre and a quarter dotted with palm trees and a few gravestones at the edge of town. A year ago, it was a jungle with trees every few feet and vines everywhere. There were two huge invasive earpod trees. One of them had swallowed up the grave of a World War I veteran. Griffin says that clearing the old Groveland Cemetery, known officially as the Oak Tree Union Colored Cemetery of Taylorville, took 37 truckloads. Axes, shovels, hoes, chainsaws, weed killer, whatever we had to do, that's what we did. We we dug up stumps, we were digging up with, with the old-fashioned grubbing holes. And they laughed at me because I still had some of these old relics, but they worked. Griffin's uncle and namesake World War I veteran Samuel Griffin was buried here in 1935. Griffin says he's volunteered many back-breaking hours and made a lot of friends in the process. For him, it's about recognizing and respecting their lives, even in death. I just wanted to try to do everything I could to let people know that, hey, they were human at one time, too. Chief Carroll says the volunteers and business people working to restore the old cemetery checked their skin color and politics at the door. You're here for one reason and one reason only, and that is to bring respect, dignity, and honor to not only these civilians that are in here, but these World War I veterans who all deserve better than what happened here. The cemetery was founded between 1895 and 1900. It was abandoned for 70 years, and many headstones were stolen or desecrated. Carroll says 18 gravestones remain. Some bear the names of veterans and members of fraternal organizations, the Masons, the Oddfellows, the Knights of Pythias, and the Heroines of Jericho. Ground-penetrating radar found 229 additional graves. Then you have to add anywhere from 10 to 20 percent more for small children and people who may not have been buried in caskets, so there could be as many as 275. Carroll says researchers found names, too on more than 200 death certificates that reference the cemetery, the only burial site available for black people in the Groveland area during those segregated times. Groveland is working with a state grant to restore it. Pillars and a wall are going up. There'll be markers for all the graves, an educational kiosk, a children's corner, a winding path, and a veteran's corner, too. When we rededicate this cemetery, these military veterans here will get the send-off they never got. Back in the day. University of South Florida anthropology professor Antoinette Jackson founded the Black Cemetery Network, which tells the unique story of this historic graveyard, 19 others in Florida, and many more around the U.S. The total number in Florida is unclear, but Jackson says those listed are but a small fraction. She says these neglected black cemeteries exist as they do because people of African descent were denied the full rights of citizenship through most of American history. As farther back you go in history, and not too far back, really, you start to uncover the fact that these differences did live in the landscape. They lived in community. 
they they still exist and these cemeteries showcase that and that she says is why they are so important for black history and for the history of florida in groveland i'm joe burns That was NPR affiliate station WMFE's Joe Burns on the Abandoned and Historic Cemeteries Bill by Democrat Fentrice Driscoll of Tampa, which awaits a final vote on the House floor. Now, let's catch you up on today's top stories from around the state. Northwest 39th Avenue and 13th Street, one of Gainesville's most dangerous intersections, is set for safety improvements. According to WUFT News, the Florida Department of Transportation may approve a proposal this summer that would greenlight nearly $300,000 in changes. The project would construct a new median along the eastbound and westbound Northwest 39th Avenue left turn lanes to 13th Street. It would also extend existing left turn lanes on 39th. The Florida legislature may get more power in a public health emergency. According to WFSU, a bill filed in response to the pandemic's early lockdowns and restrictions has passed its first committee. It would give the Florida legislature more power during public health emergencies. Specifically, it will require legislative approval for any statewide public health emergency that lasts over 90 days. HB 1487 would also limit the state health officer's ability to forcibly test, treat, or examine an individual under the public health emergency. The bill also clarifies that the Florida Surgeon General does not have the authority to order people to get vaccinations. A new report is out on Hurricane Ian's destructive path. According to WUSF, Ian was the costliest hurricane in Florida's history. Storm surges rose as high as 15 feet and over 20 inches of rain fell on some communities. Hurricane Ian caused $112.9 billion in damage and at least 156 deaths as it forged a path of destruction across Florida, the Caribbean, and the southeastern United States, according to a report released Monday by the National Hurricane Center. The Florida Senate has passed a bill banning gender-affirming care for minors and limiting it for adults. According to Florida Politics, the Senate voted 27-12 to 12 in favor of advancing SB 254, which would codify the new rules passed by two state medical boards to ban gender-affirming care for minors and also codify a Medicaid rule banning reimbursement for procedures for people of all ages. Florida leads the U.S. for number of lead pipes and is set to receive $376 million to upgrade drinking water. According to WUSF, Florida has the most lead pipe service lines in the nation with over a million, according to a survey from the Environmental Protection Agency. The White House announced Tuesday that it will provide nearly $6.5 billion for drinking water infrastructure upgrades through the Drinking Water State Revolving Fund. Subscribe to The Point newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox every weekday morning at 8 a.m. Visit WUFT.org to subscribe and view the most recent issues. I'm Julia Cooper, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida's College of Journalism and Communications. Have a great Wednesday. Wednesday.